Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Quiet, please. In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. It's the Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. What can I do? I'm on my grind. And Sherry. Oh, this party just got a little better. And now, broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. I just want to take a minute to thank everyone that wished my husband, Kevin, all the Bob and Sherry listeners who wished my... Husband Kevin, a birth happy birthday on Facebook. I Doc did. had posted. You did. I he saw that. Doc had posted some pictures of Kevin. Um, he's very he's very bashful. Like he's just not a public person. I'm a nightmare for him because I'm constantly dragging him into the world in all of the ways. So last night I said to him after dinner, "Here, look at all these people that said happy birthday to you. You can you can look at." You can look at the posts. And so he's scrolling through and he's like, there's your boy Bob saying happy birthday. There's your boy, uh, there's boy Tony saying happy birthday. And he's rolling through and he was all embarrassed at some of the comments. Like one woman said, I'd like to use this as wallpaper on all my devices. And oh my God, that's so embarrassing. Like he was all mortified. So, but he got a big kick. He got, you know, he can't ever admit that he got a big kick out of it because God forbid, but I could tell that he was all like secretly puffed up and pleased. I have to tell you about his birthday. It was very low key. We, um, we had gone up and spent the weekend visiting um, Maggie, Kev's da- only daughter, and her husband and the twin baby boys. And so we went to Jurassic Quest at the convention center in town, which is, it's these giant, it's a dinosaur show for little kids. And they're like giant animatronic dinosaurs. And, you know, you can pet them and you can, there's some dinosaur rides. I mean, you can imagine what it is, right? So we did that and had us a big old weekend um, with the babies. But we got there and it was really cold. It was like an icy downpour and 30 degrees. and Kev announces that he is going to sleep in his truck, which is tricked out for camping because he likes to camp. He's going to sleep in his truck that night in Maggie and Alan's driveway. Now, I've gone with him and we've brought Sam, the dog, because Sam is so elderly. And and I just want to pat myself on the back for turning into the person who shows up at your house with her ancient blind dog in his diaper for the weekend visit. That's who I am. Okay. That's what I've become. So he is announcing we're sitting there eating dinner and he's announcing that he's planning to sleep in the driveway. And Maggie looks at him and Maggie looks at me and I looked at him and I was like, I do not think that it's a good idea for me to sleep in the driveway with you because the dog, Sam has to be with me or he'll cry and wake the babies up, but he'll never sleep in the truck. Like we'll be up all night. And Maggie, Maggie looks at him, looks at me, looks back at him and says, forget that. You're not sleeping in the driveway. Dad, if you're crazy, (laughs) she doesn't have to be. And so bedtime comes and uh, Uh Sam and I head upstairs to the guest room, which is very, very cozy. 
Kev heads outside, climbs into his truck, and sleeps in the driveway. And that is where he slept the night of his birthday. The night of his birthday. Oh, he was wow. so pleased with himself. Next morning, he comes bouncing in. He's like sleep. He has like a third. I don't even understand this stuff. 30 degree sleeping bag. So his sleeping bag was just right. His pillows were just right. Everything was just right. And I'm over there going, you know, I like to camp and all. It's one thing to camp in the woods. It's another thing to camp at my daughter's house where they have a bed and cable. And you can watch Dateline and Snapped. <laughs> There's just, like, I can't camp in your driveway. I haven't done that since I was a kid. I don't want to do that now. I don't think I'd fall asleep all night long. I don't care what kind of a sleeping bag it is. It's just, you know, I, I, I told you, I've ne- I just don't think I could do it. I think I would just be thinking about one thing or another. Why, why am I comfortable enough? Am I not comfortable enough? Yeah. No, I couldn't do that. But as I've, I've told you before, I have never camped overnight in my life. Not, not even as a little boy, like not in the backyard in a tent. You never did that with your I don't friends. Think so. You never you did know, that. I don't think I did. Not with not with my friends. Whether or not I did, uh, I don't remember. No, no. I I do remember getting a tent. Every kid in my generation got a tent. If you had parents that had, you know, at least a, a weekly paycheck coming in, they got at least one shot. Especially if you were a Cub Scout or a Boy Scout. But I don't remember sleeping out there by myself. Maybe for a couple of hours, but not overnight. Where I come in the next morning. Good morning, Mom. Boy, am I hungry. Oh, but I slept like a log out there. Oh, we, excuse me. I left my coonskin cap out in the uh, out in the tent. Let me go get it. Oh, you're gonna have a you're gonna have pancakes waiting for me. No, I never had that experience. I, it's so. I'm sorry because that was. I mean, my whole childhood, we constantly camped out, and I'm good with camping out. It's just. If I'm in Maggie's driveway and I'm looking at the lights of Maggie's house and I know that up in that guest room, there's a TV and on that TV is cable and on that cable is a Dateline Secrets Uncovered Marathon and I'm I out in the driveway <laughs> oh, I hear roughing you. it. Mm, not for this I don't, girl. I don't, care. I don't care if The Bachelor is on. I'm going to be inside. <laughs> but he, you know what? He had the best time. He had a great time. And once again, thank him. you to everyone that said happy birthday. He loved it. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Prince Harry's book, Spare, is now online to become the most widely sold nonfiction book in publishing history. Step back and just think about that for a moment. Wow. There's a lot of great books over the years, obviously, and he blows them all away. The rumor is that it's worth $40 million to him. Let me say this. I, after the interview on 60 Minutes, I said, you know, I really feel for them. I can see what they've gone through. I can see what he went through as a child and then, you know, having to carry on without his mother and public eye and all. But this book, especially that segment where he's talking about putting his mother's favorite moisturizer on his you know what. Woo! 
that I think really did him no favor. That is well, what is being popped up left and right every time you turn around. Some who anybody who's commenting on the book, they go right for that. Where was his manager? Where was his editor? Were they all just so greedy that they they wanted you know to get their ten percent or whatever it is out of the uh, cut? Were they so greedy that they didn't say, you know? Harry, I don't know if this comment or this moment in your life is a good idea. Here is where that is adorable. Um, The actual opposite happened. In order to get their 10%, they pushed and pushed, I think, for more and more and more details and revelations. That's my point. That's exactly what they did. In what universe does a for-profit entity give a damn about Harry's dignity or the royal family's dignity? They're there to sell books and Looks like their plan worked, didn't it? You would think, though, that an editor, if he had or she had any sense of decency, might say, as your editor, I'm not quite sure that this is going to be serving us, but you are exactly right. And here's why I know you're right. We've interviewed so many rock stars who have had autobiographies, and they've all said the same thing. When they signed on to do the book, the uh, publishing company wanted to know, you know, we got to have some sex and drugs in here. Or it won't sell. And that is, that's what they were looking for. Something that would, everyone would talk about. You know, it still would have sold a, a tons, millions of copies. But that one instance is being brought up as the, okay, I'm done. This is too much. He's a spoiled brat. I think that we also have to, you know, Megan gets all oh, the, the rage and the hatred heaped on that woman. I don't know if she deserves it or not. I've never met her. But Harry has clearly, if you've read this book or seen any of the interviews, Harry is not even begun um, grinding that axe. Like he's been holding on to stuff since he could was old enough to walk and talk. And he is, he is an angry and, and, bitter man in in a lot of ways. I'm not saying they're going to come by it honestly. And this book is his chance to just set, set all the records straight as far as he's concerned. Well, he's burned bridges. I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be really embraced by the Royal family again. I don't care if he is a brother. I don't think that he is going to be uh, in any way for the rest of his life invited back into that family in a purely uh, formal way. Do you? There's, they're saying that um, they will be invited to the, uh, what's the word? Coronation. Coronation. Of King Charles, but they will not be allowed on the fa- on the balcony. They will be, you know, tucked in. They can come, but they're not going to be a part of anything, which seems only fair considering that the book just came out and takes a swing at everybody involved. Including his father. Yeah. He can't wear that. Ro- he served twice uh, in, in war for Great Britain, and he can't wear one of the, you know those snazzy uniforms those royals always wear? The, you know, they're bright red with the sashes and the gold and the medals and all of that. He, he's not allowed to wear that uniform anymore, even though he served gallantly. Um, he knew, I'm sure that none of this is coming as a surprise to Harry. Agreed. He knew better than, better than anybody, better than any of us can even imagine. He knew what the price of telling some of these stories was going to be. And I think it must he's be, a little surprised at, at so harsh. I think, well, $40 million is nothing to sneeze at, but I think that he must be very surprised at how quickly the uh, retribution came from the palace. 
Well, do you really? Because his, mm-hmm. from what I what I gather from the book is that they all know from the earliest age that the that the royal family has this like weird symbiotic relationship with the press, and and they all know that it's a giant manipulation and game. So how could Harry be surprised that coming after his brother, his father's wife, the queen, how, how could he be surprised that there's a price to be paid for that? I am very surprised knowing, and I'm not going to get into it, the description that his father, unfortunately, uh, said about how much he loved being close to Camilla. I don't want to get into it. And he knew the maelstrom that was caused by that and he still said that thing about his mother and everything i mean that's my point i I think it was just a blunder the only thing about this it's like he blamed william and kate for him wearing that nazi outfit you remember that he wore it to like a costume party or something he blamed them for that and i'm thinking to myself do you not have any internal moral compass or any internal little thing that says this might not be a good idea. Why is he blaming them for that? I agree. And I still think that years, it could be decades down the road, he's going to say, I, I do wish I was a part of that whole thing. Again, I wish I could help. I don't think that's going to happen. $40 million. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the news brought to you by Lowe's. Shop in store or online at Lowe's.com. It's Bob and Sherry. These morons off the air. With morons in the news. It's so great to have Sherry Lynch as a partner. We've worked together for so long and she knows me so well. And she knows that sometimes I'll come upon something. And even though it's kind of hackneyed or a groaner, she knows that I have to get it out. I have to get it out of my body. Or I'll be sick. My head could blow up. And that's where we are with our first story today in Morons in the News from Napier Township, Pennsylvania. Authorities say a Shellsburg man is behind bars for threatening to blow up the Bedford County Courthouse. State police say 39-year-old Luke Bartholow has been charged with misdemeanor bomb threats, threatening the placing of a bomb. According to the state police, Bartholow violated a protection order. So they were going for him. They say that they recorded Mr. Bartholow where he threatened to kill everyone inside the courthouse with an explosion and then eat the sheriff. That's right. He said he was going to blow it up and then eat the sheriff. I think he has listened to, I think he's listened to classic rock radio way too long. I I... ate the sheriff, but I did not eat the deputy. I I... ate the sheriff, but I I am concerned that now casual cannibalism has entered the room. What else can you call it? That people are going to be talking about and doing. Like this. This, this is where you know we're kind of circling the drain mm-hmm. when we're not just mm-hmm. coming for the sheriff. We're going to eat him. But after we get him, we're going to eat him. We're going to eat the sheriff. <laughs> By the way, this guy is in an orange jumpsuit. They have the uh, picture of him in the orange jumpsuit. 
His hair is so red, it's orange. His hair, and it's a big bushy haircut, matches the orange jumpsuit. I've never seen anything like it. It's hard to work with orange, and this dude, I'll give him credit, he does, because of his hair. Sherry? Mm, mm. Well, that was an exciting story. Let's go to a really <laughs> um, little cannibalism for your, your morning. Uh, let's go to this New York animal shelter that's trying to find a home for 26-pound Ralphie, who has been adopted twice, and he's been returned because he has terrible, terrible behavior. And so the shelter has decided they're going to try something different to get Ralphie a new home. They're mm-hmm. going to be honest about who and what Ralphie is. They're huh? describing Ralphie as a fire-breathing demon. Wow. <laughs> 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 They said that two weeks into his new home and he was surrendered to us because he annoys the older dog. What they actually meant was, Ralphie is a fire-breathing demon and will eat our dog. He's a whole jerk, not even half. Everything belongs to him. If you dare test his ability to possess the thing, wrath will ensue. If you show a moment of weakness, prepare to be exploited. If you think you can handle Ralphie training Ralphie to be a good dog, get in touch because you're crazy. And they added a photo of Ralphie the Bulldog looking up at the camera and smiling like it's his senior picture. (laughs) Somebody in New York has got to rescue Ralphie the fire-breathing demon and give him a good home. I I love that he's a bulldog. Usually, I mean, they look like they want to be tough, but they're so sweet. This one's face, like he, there is nothing tough about this smiling little bulldog face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming up, it is Chinese New Year. Happy New Year. It's the year of the rabbit. Our official official Bob and Sherry astrologer, Charlie King, is going to break it down for us. We have an amazing rabbit hole for you. Comedian Kathleen Manigan and a very sad but amazing happy ending to a story of a lion who's forgotten how to roar. This should be a kid's book. It's all coming up for you. It's Bob and Sherry. At the Bob and Sherry Show, we've decided to make every day Catter Day. And you can get in on the fun. Just submit a picture of your cat or you and your cat at our website, bobandsherry.com. Our big boss, Tony Garcia, assures us you could win a valuable, special, really expensive prize. You want to say that one more time without the sarcasm? That's bobandsherry.com. Hit the contest tab. Every day is Catterday with the Bob and Cherry Show. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live, live on the Bob and Cherry Facebook page. Well, just a couple of nights ago, um, Oscar-winning actor Russell Crowe joined his son on stage um, with his band, The Gentleman Barbers. That's the name of Russell Crowe's band. And um, he performed. His girlfriend was there. She even grabbed the mic and did some backup singing. And I sent Max the video, and he said, well, it looks like Russell Crowe has gotten his man's body. And when you watch this video, we can post this up on our Facebook. His son looks exactly like Russell Crowe. So are you curious? Do you want to hear some? Yeah. Here we go. To my mind sometime, tell me the truth. She took a ticket to Southampton over you. I'm sorry, Fantastic. Falling, 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 
Ladies and gentlemen, one of the favorites of his time, I can tell that, because I know. Put your hands together for Amy Sharp! I mean, he's far more talented than I am, but what do you think? I, I'm just, can I, can I be in the cone of safety here? You don't yes, have to uh, bring it down. I'm being in the cone of safety. I'm just going to be honest. When I hear that a really renowned actor also has a rock band, I immediately discount whether or not it's any, he's going to be any good. <laughs> I mean, he can, obviously he can sing, you know, but his voice is not distinctive. The song was okay. I, whether, but whether it's Russell Crowe or Johnny Depp or the Bacon Brothers, I mean, they're, they're all good. But in the back of my mind, I'm saying, and I know it's a prejudice, um, you're it's an not actor. not that good. Yeah. You're an talented actor. You shouldn't have any more talent than that. You know? <laughs> Austin Butler, I give a pass to. If he starts a band, I may go and, and see it. Uh, I'll I'm post just, this up. I, I'm just glad that he didn't, uh, you know, insult American women the way he's yeah. renowned that, for insulting the American women. That was really, really unkind. In and that it, clip, he didn't. No, not in that one. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Happy New Year. Well, happy Chinese New Year. And this is the year of the rabbit. So we thought it would be super fun to break it down and figure out what all of this means by bringing the official Bob and Sherry Guide to the Stars astrologer Charlie King on. Happy Year of the Rabbit, Charlie. What can you tell us? Happy Year of the Rabbit. Well, the Chinese New Year works um, very different to kind of Western astrology. The Chinese zodiac assigns an animal per year, whereas Western astrology is per month. So we're entering or we have entered the year of the black rabbit, which is the water rabbit. And this follows the year of the tiger. Now, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure out the uh, archetypal differences between those two animals. The tiger is very fierce and it's a lot about survival. And that's really what 2022 brought us. It brought us that need to seize a situation in order to carry on. But as we move into the year of the rabbit, it's a lot calmer. It's a lot more harmony and balance. So we're trying to bring those ideas that we seized into fruition in a, in a lot more of a balanced way. 
And this year particularly is good for people who were born the year of the snake, the pig, and the dog. So if those are your Chinese year animals of your birth, then this year could be very, very beneficial to you. Just following intuitive choices and yielding luck through a lot more softer movements. So tell me again the um, the animals that because you can find your um, your Chinese New Year animal. It's the year. It's based on your birth year, right, Charlie? So what yeah. are the animals yeah, that are that are years. that are especially about the year of the rabbit? Which animals? So the lucky guys for the year of the rabbit are going to be people born the year of the dog, the snake, and the pig, and oh. those are the years nineteen fifty three, fifty eight, fifty nine, sixty five, seventy. 7177. Wow. So dog, snake and pig. So um mm-hmm. so why why is it that we do this on a monthly basis and the Chinese do it on a yearly basis and like it do the two you said it's very different but do the two line up or are they two completely different sort of forecasts? They, they do line up. They kind of cover two different aspects of the solar system. Like the Chinese New Year is based on the lunar calendar. So it falls on the second new moon after the winter solstice, whereas us with our Western, we we go month by month. So they work in complements with one another. You can have like these subtle nuanced changes per month. But, you know, the Chinese zodiac likes to look at everything as a group humanity kind of perspective where we're all in this this boat together and so it takes a lot of people to create a change and they they put us all into those categories on a yearly basis based on the moon so is there anything that um are there any kind of new year rituals around the chinese new year that we could sort of borrow or adopt kind of set a clean slate um it's all uh, New Year's are always clean slates, and that's a great way to always look at new anything. And the way it correlates with the new moon, it's this is the dawning of spring, so it's about planting seeds. So we talked about the survivalist ideas that are coming through from last year. Plant those seeds now. Like this is a great time to <clears throat> stick them in the ground, get things growing, ready for harvest in a couple months' time when you really can start to see spring spring through. All right. So congratulations if you're a a dog, snake, or a pig. Anything else that we need to know about or think about when we think about Chinese New Year and the Lunar New Year? Um, Rabbits are lucky in most cultures. If you have a lucky rabbit's foot, I would keep that close this year. (laughs) Well, there you go. I haven't seen a rabbit's foot. I feel like when I was a kid, every third kid had a rabbit's foot. I have not seen, do they even still sell those, Max? I don't, I don't I know if they do. Seen. I remember when I was at high school, all the girls had rabbit fur coats. That was the status symbol. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll wear those coats this year. <laughs> That's Yeah, this is your year for it if you got one. All right, well, we'll get this posted up on our Facebook. And, of course, we'll see Charlie back on Friday for our regular weekly check-in with the stars. Coming up, we have comedian Kathleen Madigan. We have an amazing story of Reuben the Lion who has forgotten how to roar. This is such a story. Oh my gosh. People who rescue animals are the best people at all. And the rules that you have to follow in your house, but that nobody else in the family follows. What's up with that? It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry, go. Down the rabbit hole. 
Max came across something on YouTube that just blew him away. And after I heard it and Bob heard it, we were like, oh my gosh, we need to share that with the class. So the British version of The Voice, it's the same show, different judges, different contestants, same concept. Um, Jennifer Hudson, who is amazing, and legendary ladies man, troubadour Tom Jones, teamed up for a duet. And Max could not stop hitting repeat on this one. So uh, a guy who won this a few years ago in the UK and had a hit here, Ollie Murs is his name, and he's the one that's sort of egging them on. So understand, they're not doing this on stage. They're doing this from their judges' seats. There's been some fantastic battles so far. It has been. Tremendous. Yes. If you could see anybody battle, anybody in the world, who would you pick? I would... I would love to see you and Jennifer have a battle. I can't battle no time. That wouldn't be a battle. I can't battle no time. Come on, you. Thanks a lot. We don't have anything. Come on. Well, I mean, if we did this, it's a man's world. But I mean, if if we did it, we'd have to. I have to follow you. Because it's a man's David, world. what what key would be a would be a that is suffice for See, now become a, give Tom Jones credit for agreeing to sing, especially he's in his like mid seventies or late seventies, right? Yeah. How, how long ago was that recorded? That was recorded a couple years ago. In, in, okay. In so UK. he was probably 75 years old. What a voice. And I mean, it goes without saying, you know, it's interesting. We've had both of those people live in our studio. Um, and they were both fantastic um, guests. Like yeah. when pe- people have that kind of incredible talent, they're often just delightful. You know, yeah. when you meet them, you can't believe that somebody with that kind of gift is just so humble and human and down to earth. What blows me away about that 
is that it wasn't rehearsed. And I know there's always so? someone out there going, oh, uh, you I, don't know that. Oh, you don't know I, that. It was so good. I'm, I'm going to ask Max because uh, it was a little bit hard to believe that off the, that's that's a song that not everybody knows. James Brown wrote that song. Uh, not everybody knows that song. What do you think, Max? Was that, was that at least suggested before they uh, actually did it? Does it matter? That was an incredible no. performance. And he was, I agree. he was, he was either 79 or 80 when he did it. Good golly. What a voice. Unbelievable. So, I mean, here's, that's, why, here's why I think they can pull it off because it's not just any two people and it's not just any two singers. Both of those artists know that song and have sung it before. Yeah, you may be right. And I think Max is right. It doesn't matter. It's show business, as long as everybody has a good time. What a couple of times. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is brought to you by HelloFresh. Use code Bob and Sherry 22 at HelloFresh.com slash Bob and Sherry 22. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Kathleen Madigan. You're allowed to not care at 80. You're allowed to go to that if you want at 80. I think I think at a certain age you're a lot like I don't I don't have any goals anymore. But I think I'm old enough that I can go. I'm done. My dream catcher didn't catch anything. I I just I I want to sit on the couch, drink wine, and watch House Hunters. That's all I want to do. Thank you for not judging. It's my favorite show. I can watch it for hours. I don't. I don't even care about the property. I am more interested in the relationships these people are in. At least half of these people shouldn't even be married, more or less purchasing property together. I saw a man and a woman in Atlanta go into a home, and the first thing he said was, oh, I just can't live with this backsplash. I thought, oh my God, ma'am, you have a much bigger problem. Than what house you're going to purchase. You have accidentally married a gay man, and his boyfriend is not going to approve of this backsplash when he comes over while you're at your fake yoga, aka drinking with your girlfriends. I've never been a violent person, but if I was the realtors on that show, I'd punch at least half those people in the face. <laughs> they're so demanding. These people walk into a home and they're so crabby and cranky and they immediately naysay something. They don't even give the house a chance. They just walk in and go, I'm not living here. There's no granite countertops. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe you forgot. You have $8. You, you, you. You are lucky we're not in a trailer and I'm not showing you the porch that JoJo put on before he went back to prison. How do you simply think? I love this one, too. It's always the crankiest people that are just so, so rude and cranky. We're out of nowhere. She'll just go, well, I don't see any room for entertaining. Well, don't worry, ma'am. Nobody's coming over you're 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 the meanest person i've ever heard speak on television trust me i do that's what i like i like to sit around and drink wine and i never think i drink too much until i go to the doctor and they have those drinking questions on the form 
Yeah, and now now the dentist has them. I'm like, I'm I'm here for a filling. What do you need to know about my drinking? I don't I don't think he does. I just think he's looking for a friend. That's how. <laughs> would you be willing to go out on a random Thursday and get hammered? Yes, I would. Now, the real doctor, I understand why, because your blood pressure and all that stuff, but I even have the questions memorized. It's uh, question seven, and I'm too Catholic to lie. I won't lie. Question seven, do you drink alcohol? Yes. Question eight, do you drink, and there's little tiny boxes right there, two, four, six, or eight drinks a week? <laughs> no. <laughs> so good, especially on those house hunting shows. Oh, my God, Mary and I, we must have watched three hours. Every other word is, oh, this is awesome. Oh, this is awesome. We can bring our friends to Belize, and they have a two-bedroom place they bought in Belize. Two bedrooms, one bath. How many people are flying to Belize to be your guests? for a small bedroom that you're sharing with the people who own the place. It's expensive to get there. If you want to really be driven mad, watch Love It or List It. Because these people, they, they hand Hillary a dilapidated fly hole and $7 and the following instructions. We want an open concept floor plan and a chef's kitchen and a playroom for the kids and I would like a spa bath. And Hillary's like... You've given me $7, and this house is falling down. That sounds like a you problem, Hillary. Yeah, exactly. It's Bob and Shay. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. I present for you right now things that men do to impress women that actually turn women off. See if you agree. Inappropriate pictures, and I think we all know what kind of pictures we're mm. talking about. This one woman says it makes us run away and block you. Number two, driving like a lunatic while you're in the car. You are in the car and he starts driving like a lunatic. Oh, you're so hot when you could potentially kill us both. Not. Please drop the alpha male thing. It is exhausting. That's an interesting way to to describe it. Uh, Gym selfies. Can't stand them. Being an expert on anything and everything while simultaneously never admitting they don't know something. Just admit you don't know something. I'll think a whole lot more of you. Talking about your skills, you know where. Insulting other women as a way of complimenting me. I don't get that one. Insulting other women as a way That's of complimenting me. That's a huge red flag. Me. When someone goes, you know, every, really woman I've, every woman I've met has been so greedy and demanding, but you're different. Run! Oh, okay. Run. Okay. Okay. Don't mind you owning a gun, but not a surplus of weapons. Enormous muscles. I think other men are often attracted to them, but not me. Trying to locate, assert how rich you are. This woman says, I went on a date with this guy one time who kept hinting at things he could afford and mentioning how lucky he was to have such a big salary. On top of that, he didn't ask me anything about myself. And finally, talking about fights that he's gotten into. I went on a date with a guy who brought up fights. He had at least five separate fights in the last 10 years. Well, at one point, you just have to say you're not on the school. uh, You're not in the schoolyard anymore. (laughs) 
So guys, if you're working that, evidently, it ain't working. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's clean, O-R-I-G-I-N.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's clean, O-R-I-G-I-N.com, code RADIO10. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers Merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. It is talk back time. Now you can call us on the phone and we will answer it when it rings at 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844-52-SHERI. Or you can snatch up our free app in Google Play and the Apple Store. And um, there's a little microphone in the center of the screen at the bottom. You can tap it and talk and the app will do the rest. Real quick, for people that are having problems with the app, um, Apple, if you have an iPhone and you're having app problems with the Bob and Sherry app, Apple pushed through a software update, and that is the source of all the trouble. Heather can help you sort that out. You can reach out to her, Heather at BobandSherry.com. Okay, hit it, Max. Hi, Bob, Sherry, Max, and Doc. This is Tyler from Iowa. Um, I was just listening to Sherry's experience going out and visiting her mom, and it reminded me of... Uh, our last Christmas where my aunt and my mom and my grandma uh, all decided they weren't going to do gifts to each other. Uh, but my grandma wanted to, on Christmas Day, she wanted to give gifts to my aunt and my mom. And what it was, when they unwrapped that wrapping paper, it was a document giving them power of attorney. <laughs> and then she proceeded to tell us grandchildren, uh, there's seven of us, uh, that we should start writing our names and labeling stuff around the house of thing th- of things that we would like after she's gone, <laughs> so she can write it in her will. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Hi, this is Tyler from Iowa again. Um, I just wanted to uh, thank you, Bob and Sherry, for advocating flossing and oral health also on your show. <laughs> I'm uh, in dental school right now, so I hear you guys. <laughs> talking about how you make your kids floss and everything. And I, I just love it. <laughs> Listen to this guy. He's from Iowa. He's going to be a dentist and he's thanking us for pushing flossing. What a guy. We are team flossing. Um, you know, I think I told yeah. you for my birthday this year, my mom got me one of those water pick combination electric toothbrush flosser situations. Yeah. How does that so work? So it right well, you can first you can brush your teeth, then you can floss, yeah. and then you have an option where you're brushing and flossing simultaneously. How's that work? It's How's a party work? in your mouth. Yeah, I mean, really? It, yeah, yeah. I really, I I'm love it. Try that now. Trying to fit that into my pocket to get it on the plane because my mom does not. My mom has no time for the TSA and the ridiculous rules about what you can and cannot <laughs> stick into a carry on or put in your bag. Um, but yeah, Tyler. That, now, I still, you know, floss old school because you have to do both. 
But that is the thing. Thank you so much. Can, can, can I can I talk about flossing for a moment? Because I, I want to keep the sexy thing going here. People <laughs> love this. Um, why is it so hard to tell Americans they need to floss? Now, I, I'm not saying that I floss, you know, as much as I should, but I floss quite a bit. I could not get my stepson to floss until I came up with one way to encourage him. You want to hear what it is? Of course you do. I said to him, okay, do you think a girl wants to kiss you when you have dead meat between your teeth? Oh, God. Depends on the girl. <laughs> oh, it got it got his attention. Yeah. Hey, that's what it comes down to, right? That's what flossing does. It purifies it, the, the spaces between your teeth. Yeah. Remind remind him of this the next time he's like, "Are we really going to talk about cannibalism?" Please remind. <laughs> please remind him of this. <laughs> um well, you know, we are here at the Bob and Sherry Show. We are uh, very much pro your teeth. And and if you're listening to me, I'm also very focused on your grades. If you can get your grades and your teeth right, you got everything else going on. All right, 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844-52-SHERRY. If you're having tr- troubles with the app, we can fix it. Shoot Heather an email, heather at bobandsherry.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. Years and years and years ago, the great uh, soul music act, The Temptations, had a song called Ball of Confusion. That's what the world is today. And I have been living in a repair shop, Ball of Confusion, for the past six weeks. So I mentioned this once on the show. My car was parked outside, and there was a big pine tree branch, and overnight it fell, and it dented the side of my car on the passenger side. I went, oh, ah. I have never had a claim for body work on my car, never in my life. So, you know, I'm, it's all new to me. So I called up the uh, insurance company, and I said, uh, I am going to take it over to a body shop, Uh, What do we do here? And they said that they would have a representative from the insurance company meet me at the body shop. So let's say I'm going to call it Joe's Body Shop. I just, I looked it up and they had some pretty good reviews. So I show up at Joe's Body Shop and, uh, you know, the person representing Joe's Body Shop comes out and here comes the uh, insurance guy. It wasn't Jamie and it wasn't Flo. They, uh, They sent somebody else that I didn't know. And so everybody was talking about it and looking at it and taking pictures of it. And I said, uh, okay then. So somebody's going to call me and let me know, you know, what the insurance will pay and what I have to pay. Cause I know I have a deductible and they went, that's exactly right. Well, about four weeks later, no phone call. So I decided to call the body shop and I said, Hey, Joe's, um, haven't heard from anybody and, uh, wondering what's going on. The guy on the other end, uh, who had an accent of some type said, "Oh, we do uh, we do not take the work that your insurance company uh, is involved with. We do not take the work." And I said, "You don't take the. You mean why didn't somebody call me? I've been sitting around here for three or four weeks, and you nobody from your place even called me. I, w- I was getting a little heated. He hung up on me. <laughs> he hung up on me. So I called the insurance." And I said, this guy hung up on me. I, I guess I'm going to have to find it. They don't take your insurance. They went, what? 
And so I called up another body shop and uh, they said, we're open uh, tomorrow until noon. And I said, I'll be out there. I drive all the way out there. I said, hi, I'm, I talked to you. Here's my car out here. And they went, oh, well, you're going to have to leave it for two or three days. And what is your insurance company offered? I said, well, they haven't seen it because you have to you know, give an estimate first, right? No, sir, that's not how it works. You're going to have to get a rental car. And we're going to need at least probably three days to look it over. Our, our adjuster, you know, comes in. Are you kidding me? So now I'm back online with the insurance company and trying to get through to them. I get a phone call that pops up last weekend and it says, Vietnam. Have you ever had that? You look at your oh, cell yeah. phone and it's Thailand yeah. or it's, it's Hong Kong or India, something like that. And I went, oh, you're not fooling me. And, and I didn't answer it. I'm out in the parking lot and I said, let me see some recents here. I went, <laughs> Vietnam. And I find out. The Vietnam left me a phone number to call. And I went, I got to hear what this is. So I go to the uh, voicemail. Hello, this is Susie from uh, your insurance company on the Vietnam line. So I call her back and I say, hey, Susie, uh, what's the deal here? Are, do you live in Vietnam? No, I don't live in Vietnam, but it pops up on your phone. And she says, how can that be? Now I'm really being driven mad. I get another phone call the next day. It's from Joe's body shop wondering when I'm going to come in. I said, your guy hung up on me and said he didn't work with Flo or Jamie. And they went, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. It's like I'm in insurance twilight zone and I don't know what to do. Today, I have an appointment to talk to insurance once again and tell them that we can go back to Joe's who told me to go myself about four weeks ago. I don't know what's going to happen. And it's a minor dent. <laughs> this is such a nightmare. When I see the insurance people on TV, they're so nice. There's the guy from State Farm who's always getting free stakes from somebody. He's doing such a great job. There's, uh, you know, Flo and Jamie out on the beach with their friends, helping people. You know, oh, there's somebody with a boat. I got to go over and tell them they can bundle and save money. And I'm getting called to go myself how does this why does this work this way for me this is just the way the world works now oh is that right yeah i i recently stopped taking my medicine because they made it so hard to get a refill that i just decided i no longer needed it i listen woman i know exact you know what i said at one point to the insurance you you know i i'm trying not to be real like old school bob but I was so frustrated. I became old school, Bob, when she was just going through. Well, we could try another one. Uh, I don't know why it said Vietnam. I just blurted out. You know what? I'm getting used to driving around with a dented side of my car. I guess maybe I should just live with it. When those words you, came out of my mouth, I just said, oh, oh, no, man, you're regressing. Please don't. The person don't on the regress. other end of the phone doesn't care if you live with it or don't live with it. No. I, I mean, know. they never did. Like, no, they never, but did. they would pretend, but we were all, we, well, we all pretend, right. And yeah. now we've just reached a point in the reality simulation where everything's so broken and glitched that we're like, yeah, I don't care, buddy. Cars done it, doesn't start. That sounds like a you problem to me. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is when I had, I had another insurance agent, I could drive by this guy's office. If, if there was something that I needed, he retired. And by the don't, way, I was paying him for 20 years. 
he, he you didn't. Have to, you have to stop because this this begins sounding like when I was a kid, Coca Cola was ten cents a bottle. As soon as you start saying stuff like I had an insurance agent who really cared, we all have to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves on that. It, it just you can't do it. You can't say my, things my like point you know. Is, when I was a kid, there were only seven channels, and there was always something to watch. Like you, we can't do it. We can't. My point is, I can't see anybody face to face because my insurance agent person works from home, and she's done by one o'clock in the afternoon because that's the new way the world works. I don't know what's going to happen. I guess I have to drive around with a dented car for the rest of my life. It's Bob and Sherry. <laughs> Can You Believe This is brought to you by Staples, the working and learning store. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I believe this shit. I cannot believe this shit. I'm going to tell you a story that at first it's going to make you really, really mad. Then it's going to make you really, really sad. Then it's going to make your heart grow three sizes in one day. It involves an incredibly wealthy, corrupt Russian oligarch, his private zoo, and Reuben the lion. So this guy had so much money that he built himself a private zoo on the border of um, Armenia and Azerbaijan. And he built this zoo and he stocked it with the kind of animals that you would want if you had a private zoo. Lions and tigers and bears and elephants and peacocks. And I mean, this guy built himself a zoo and then he died. Not 100% sure how he died, but all these Russian oligarchs seem to fall out of windows or downstairs or choke on the dinner. A yeah, it's, it's like a, a very thing. dangerous profession. <laughs> yeah. So when, when the man died, um, the animals in his private zoo had to be rehomed and one by one, those zoo animals were rescued, all except for Reuben the lion. Reuben the lion spent 15 years in solitary confinement in a oh, tiny cage. No. And r- lions are very, very hard to re. I told you you'd be mad and sad, but just sit tight because yeah. there's a happy ending here. Um, lions are very hard to home. Because they need to live in family groups. And so you need to, and he's a male lion, so you need to have just the right family group to move this big handsome boy into. And lions um, chat with each other by roaring. Like if you're ever at the zoo and the lions are like, they're talking to each other. Well, Reuben has been living alone. And so he has forgotten how to roar. He's never felt the sun on his back. He's never had the wind blow through the tangled mane on I'm his I'm going to start crying here in a moment. I told you, first you'd be mad and then you'd be sad. And he doesn't know how to roar. So an animal rescue operation called Animal Defenders International has been trying to find Reuben a new home. And they did. There's a sanctuary in South Africa that is bringing Reuben in. The whole rescue operation was top secret because there are incredible tensions and difficulties in the region where the private zoo is. And all of that's just escalated because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. The, The surviving family of the dead oligarch, 
they wanted Ruben to have a better life. They agreed to the move. They um, agreed to help. They had to take the lion and they had to sedate him. It took nine hours to move the sedated lion through all of these armed military checkpoints. And eventually they got him to a converted bear sanctuary near the capital of Armenia. And they're taking care of him there. And his next step, they'll sedate him again and they'll take him to a sanctuary in South Africa that is only for lions and tigers. Reuben was born in captivity and all of those years that he spent alone, they hardly fed him. His coat was dull and matted. He wasn't ever getting enough to eat, but now that they've taken him out of there, they're giving him a healthy diet. He has two heated rooms. He has a big enclosure. He has a brand new bed. His fur is starting to shine again. His mane is fluffing out. There is some long lasting damage to him because of the hunger and the isolation, but they said we're building him back up. He's responding well. He's interacting with people. He roared for five years and no one ever roared back. And that broke his heart and he went silent. But they believe that any day now, Reuben the lion is going to roar again. He is about to go to his forever home in South Africa. So it was a sad story, but it was a happy ending because even in this flaming dumpster of a world, there were so many people that looked at this one little animal and said, my God, we can do better. We are a disgrace as a species if we cannot get Reuben the lion back to hell. This story is so sad, even Disney would turn it down. And that's saying something. That's saying something. This is one. I'm going to post this up on our Facebook. If you have a heart for animals, maybe you'll want to support what Animal Defenders does. 15 years. My God. I don't know how long they live. But good Lord, in 15 years, that oligarch couldn't find a way to get that animal to a better life. It's disgusting. You can, I'm glad, you I'm glad he look. fell out of a window. You don't have to look hard to find stories about horrible people. But sometimes right. you got to dig a few inches deeper to get to a story about the good people who try to right the wrong that the horrible yeah. people committed. That is a and movie. Some, Sometimes it takes a story like Reuben the Lion to remind us Mm -hmm. that there are people in this world willing to risk their lives to do the right thing. And Reuben is going to get his roar back, kids. And Disney may not want it as a movie, but what a bedtime story, right? We're going to post this up on Facebook so you can see the pictures. Honest to God, not Disney, but I think it is some sort of maybe a documentary or something like that. Yeah. God bless Great story. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. I haven't watched the Academy Awards all the way through in years and years. The number of people watching award shows has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. I guess part of it's the internet. If you want to find out who won, you know, the next morning, you can look at that. But uh, this year, I have a little bit more interest. I so want Elvis to win Best Picture, and I so want... Austin Butler as Elvis to win Best Actor, and they're both up. Uh, very quickly, the best pictures, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, 
Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. I know about 75% of those. Uh, Austin Butler up for Elvis. Colin Farrell is up. Uh, Brandon Frazier. A lot of people say he's he's got it. The Whale. And uh, Bill Nye for a living. Kate Blanchett in Tar. She was wonderful. Anna Diarmas in Blonde. Uh, Michelle Williams in The Fablemans. Um, what, do you, what do you think? Is there going to be a big audience for this? Are people back no. caring about movies nope. like they used to? Nope. I don't think so either. I don't people think so either. People didn't care about the Oscars before you didn't go to the movies. <laughs> there, these are all great actors that, that yeah. I threw out there, and those were all terrific movies. Um, but maybe because I, since I was a kid, I was an Elvis fan, and I never saw anybody who could just fall into a role that was so difficult to do as Austin Butler. I mean, you looked at him, and he looked, damn it, he looked and sounded like the young Elvis. Even Elvis's family uh, thought so, too. So that's who I'm pulling for. You pick your own. I thought he was terrific. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's clean, O-R-I-G-I-N.com, code Radio 10. I've got something that's just sort of stuck in my head that I haven't been able to stop thinking about. And here it is. It's real simple. So, you know, the Crisleys of Crisley Knows Best are in prison now. They checked in last week to serve their combined, I think it's 19 years, right? That they Come 19 years between them. Yeah, 19. I think he got 12 and she got the rest. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You know what? You so, know what uh, media loves to do. They love to point out. Yes, these high flying, high living people are now going to be cleaning toilets for twelve dollars an hour. That was one. That was one of the reports that I read. We just love seeing that. Uh, more 12, like more like I'm sorry, $2. twelve cents. Yeah, I was twelve gonna, cents, yeah. An, twelve hour. cents an hour. Yeah, twelve cents an yeah. hour. Yeah, because that's um like you know that's not bad money. Okay. <laughs> yeah, saying. these days I know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I never, I mean, I checked in and out of Crisley Knows Best um, because it was just, uh, how do you look away? They were such cartoons. He's, they're not even in the same state. He's in Pensacola, Florida. She's in Lexington, Kentucky. Shout out to all of our Lexington listeners. Here's the thing that I keep finding myself thinking about. So they, they committed fraud and tax evasion and they stole money and they had a Ponzi scheme and goodness knows what all. And they had a couple of spectacular um, homes, estates, really, in Tennessee. One of them was worth like $6 million, and the other one was worth about half that. And this one home has in it um, a, a sports court, like a basketball court, and an mm -hmm. indoor swimming pool, and 10 bathrooms, and a giant spectacular chef's kitchen. And I've never even been in a house like the one I just described. I've seen them mm -hmm. on TV and in movies, but I, I've never known anyone to have a house like that. I've never been inside a house like that. I have no idea what that would look and feel like. And I just wonder at what point they decide or will decide, damn, it just wasn't worth it. And while they had that, 
And and if they don't have like a conscience or a guilty conscience or whatever, then this isn't an issue for them, but it would be for Bob Lacey. I don't care how nice that pool was and that chef's kitchen. And I don't care how many times a day you used each and every one of those 10 bathrooms. I know you. There would be a voice in the back of your head that was so scared of getting caught mm. and that was so upset about the lies and cheats that you did to get the pool, the bathrooms, and the chef's kitchen. You I'd be would carrying not that around. Really enjoy it. Yeah. No, I, would, wouldn't, I wouldn't enjoy it. Enjoy it. The other thing is uh, when I just hear that somebody's got a house with 10 bathrooms in it, that blows me away. I'm not impressed, but I'm just, go, I, I'm just saying to myself, you know, I'm the one that changes the toilet paper when it runs out to have to, you know, keep an eye on nine, eight or nine others. That sounds exhausting to me. 10 bathrooms. I, I have to, the girls are, my girls are away at school and I still go into their bathroom every single day just to make sure that there's not a raccoon living in it because they're so messy. <laughs> Like right. every day I stand outside the door and I listen for the scrabble, scrabble of tiny paws. And then I open my head and I stick it in because, for example, so today is Wednesday. I went into their bathroom on Monday morning and the trash can was overflowing with um, Chick-fil-A styrofoam cups. And I'm like, are there demons in this house? Are there ghosts? Like. How how did you fill up your bathroom trash can? Olivia hasn't been here since Christmas. Karami was only here for 24 hours to celebrate my Somebody birthday. Somebody just like, missed taking like, them what? out. what? On earth? If yeah. I had 10 bathrooms, that's too much. And if I had gotten those 10 bathrooms by stealing from people and that chef's yeah. kitchen and that swimming yeah. pool and that basketball court, I would enjoy it a little more than you would because you really wouldn't enjoy it at all. No. I would get a little more pleasure out of it, but every once in a while, I'd be doing laps in my indoor pool, thinking about cooking <laughs> dinner in my chef's kitchen, and I would get that, you know, that sick feeling in your stomach? Mm -hmm. You know oh, what? Yeah, the, most interesting, the most interesting comment by a reporter who covers the, these sort of things, I forget who she was, but it was in uh, one of the websites that I follow. They were describing their uh, sentence. And as you just said, they're going to be in two different prisons for those years. And the sentence that she wrote was this. Unlike other celebrity couples who are sent to prison, the Crisleys are going to be serving time simultaneously. Do we have that many celebrity couples oh. that are going to prison that uh, that sentence yes. makes Joe sense and what's at her all? Name? Uh, Teresa and yeah. Joe Judici. Okay, those um, two. They checkerboard at their sentences. Lori Laughlin and the uh, yes, and her the husband target with dude Massimo. Pronounceable name, yeah, yeah. Okay, those <laughs> yeah. two. Yeah. Right off but the top of my head, I just named two, and there are others. Yeah. Are there not, Max? There are. Yeah, others. there's got to be. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that there are enough that a that a uh, show business writer would say, well, unlike others who got caught doing nefarious things, this couple has decided to. Bob Lacey, I wonder, this would I be wonder my if luck. they had the choice. I wonder if they had the choice. Bob Lacey, this would be my luck. My husband and I would both be sentenced to prison. And instead of me ever getting this freaking house for one minute to myself, we'd have to serve our time at the same time. Yeah, that's right. And I would be oh, like, you, but your you honor, know why they couldn't I'm never that. home alone, your honor. Please let him go first. You know why they couldn't do that? If he got 12 years, 
you know, she'd be sitting around waiting on like an eight-year sentence for 12 years. And nobody wants to do that. I think they're both were saying, eh, it's not going to be good. Good luck to the old, the eldest kid is taking care of the youngest kid. Yeah. Is what Savannah. I Isn't that right? I believe. Yeah. Yep. Savannah Crisley's yeah. got it. That right. would, but that would be so my luck. Even yeah, now, I don't get to be home alone for the day. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. I have noticed that rules uh, do not equally apply in my house. You know, everybody's got kind of like little rules, you know. You, uh, you, you park your car in this space not in her space, you know, just, just little rules that couples have like a couple of the new rules in my house are, uh, number one, never to put the lid down on the toilet seat. I've mentioned that because if herself comes in, you know, just flying through the door, she doesn't want to coming in hot. To, uh, she's coming in hot. Yeah. I hate to put it that way. So, uh, I have been forgetful and I went and I'm not lying. I could post this, but I'm not going to do it because I love her. She, with a magic marker on the uh, top of the lid, wrote no with three exclamation points with the, uh, with the toilet in our uh, primary bedroom. So that's one of the rules that we have. Um, another rule that uh, she has, I do the dishes and I put away the pots and pans and the glasses and the silverware and all that. And um, I am evidently not doing a good job putting away the pots and pans because she opened up the pots and pans area and went, what is this craziness? <laughs> so I have to learn her way of placing the pots and pans, even though I'm cleaning them, but it's not her way in the cabinet. The other thing is the way I fold towels and, uh, and bed sheets to put away in the little linen closet, totally inappropriate because, uh, the way I fold it, it takes up too much space. It's not like, you know, it's, it's not like we have bed, bath and beyond in there, right? There's not that many, but it's not efficient. She doesn't like it. However, when I say, could you use a coaster uh, it, just on that little table? I have a little table when I got divorced last time, you know, and, and you get wiped out with a divorce, but then Sherry and I started doing pretty good. And I went out and I bought some new furniture for this condo I was in. And one was this nice little kind of a blonde table. Uh, it's got a little country feel to it. And I just loved it. I got a good price on it. It's small. And we have it right next to where herself sits and watches television. There is a coaster right next to her drink. And her drink is not on the coaster. It is on the thing. And I say, hey, Mayor, now, you know, this is the one thing I've asked for, but you're not doing, you leave you know, cold drinks, hot drinks. The coaster is right there. There are two coasters, as a matter of fact. And she says, you know, it's just not my thing. I, I just, it's just not been my thing, coasters. You know, we'll just have the table redone. We'll ju- if it, it looks that bad to you, you know, we can, you can have the table. I can have the table redone. The table didn't need to be redone. The ta- where, where am I going to take? This is a nice table. Where am I going to take this table to be redone? And so why, why do her rules rule, whereas my rule is for a fool? I, I don't understand that. I don't know. And I would like to come and study under her because I'm the you of my house. And, oh, really? Um, 
I'm amazed at how many people also do not have coasters as a part of their life. Here's the thing. You and I came from nothing. And so yeah. everything we have, we had to go That's get. That's nice. And, and if it's nice. Because it, we worked yeah. hard for it. That's and exactly right. And we wanted to right. stay nice because we grew up in, like, we didn't have it. You know, like one of the things that Bob and I have in common as kids, neither one of us had a bedroom. We slept on the floor of a large closet, like some, like something out of a Dickens novel or Harry Potter or whatever. <clears throat> when you come up like that and you work hard and you buy a little table and, and you're like, can we just, can this just stay nice? Because when I walk into the room and I see that table, I don't see a table. I see that all of my hard work and delayed gratification and determination paid off. Yeah. You walk in and see a little table that you then put your drink on, or in the case of some people that I won't name, you just make a sandwich on it without a plate, like we're animals in a storybook. Right, <clears throat> exactly. So I, like you, um, and when I try to float these, could we use a coaster? Could we use a plate? Could we use a cutting board? Could we um, use a towel? <laughs> I am greeted with, well, not everybody wants to live uptight and in a museum. Yeah, yeah I don't exactly. want to live like an uptight museum either, but... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what yeah. I'm going to do? Here's what I'm going to do. Okay, you, I'll what follow What you're doing your right now? Yeah. You, you, you know how you have a rebellious teenager and you take the door off of their room to really tick them off because they want uh -huh. their privacy? I'm going to figure out how to take that lid off. It's, we're going to have a, a, guest, uh, a guest bathroom with a uh, lidless toilet. Let's, like a, let's see like how that goes Like a gas station on the bypass. Just a yeah, porcelain exactly. hole. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Do you know what I've done? I've just given up. I've just given up. It's always an option, I've found. It, I'm not happy about it. Sometimes it's not an option that's made better. me happy. Yeah, but right. um, you know what? I, you get tired of talking about it. I love that you're still in the fight, Coaster Man. I love that about you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of your brand. Your brand is to go roaring into battle against an unbeatable foe time yeah. and time and time again. Like you said, we didn't have much. I mean, we didn't have tables in, in our house. We had to eat off of like rocks, I think. <laughs> we, sat, we sat down and ate out of a rock. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry archive vault you think i don't love you and care about you and think about you every minute that i'm awake in this world that's what you think but Are you, you talking to me yes I'm oh okay <laughs> <laughs> wow but you're mistaken because as i go through my daily i'm glad life, my neck problem is gone because i was turning around <laughs> as i go through my daily life a life that is um uh, not only in service to others, but in which I am a doormat for others. And I think we can all agree with that. As I go through my daily life, when oh I spot God. things that you would like, uh -huh. I say to myself, oh, I am saving that for the B.O.B. Yeah. So as I was going through my daily life. I like life, spaghetti pie. Not so, well, you know, that cooking thing. I yeah. can't do it in the van. Oh, all right. So um, as I was going through my daily business the other day and I was reading BuzzFeed because I'm addicted to it like everyone. Um, they had this thing about um, behind the scenes facts about some of your favorite comedy movies. Mm -hmm. And this is such a Bob thing. Would you agree? Yeah. That is a Bob thing. So how maybe, far back does it go? Maybe it's not as Bob a thing as baby names and dirty jobs, but it's definitely yeah. a Bob thing. Yeah. So Sleepless in Seattle, 
with um, Tom Hanks yeah. and Meg not, Ryan. Not one of my favorite movies, but yeah, go ahead. I didn't say they were Bob's favorite comedy movies. I said they were comedy movies. Oh, you mean the, for the you, type of bit that I would yeah, want to do? Yeah, you like these little behind-the-scenes things. Yeah. You like yeah. this. I'm so shallow. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Well, it was this or um, explaining some solar flare action to you. I'm liking that movie better. Tom Hanks during Sleepless in Seattle, he said that he was really cranky and that he didn't think his character got any good lines and he was really not Is having that it. right? And he was cranky AF while they were shooting that movie. You know what? That character was cranky. Yeah. Do you remember that character? Yeah. He was kind of on the sour side. It wasn't the usual Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks was feeling that yeah. way. Yeah. Huh. And and speaking of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, when, when the movie You've Got Mail was made, right. Meg Ryan had never owned a computer hmm. prior to that movie. Mm-hmm. That's a luxury that rich, famous people have, by the way. But you know, back then, I think there was a lot of people that didn't have a computer. Maybe. that would No, that was a while ago. When was, Just, when was, tell me when that was made. You've got mail. Yeah. yeah. 1998. It was not, it was not as ubiquitous as it is now. I had a computer in 98. Did you have a computer in 98? Uh, I had a computer. I did. Yeah, I had a computer. I had a computer. It, I'm di- I was on dial up, oh. but I had one. Yeah. I mean, the whole, you got mail thing. I mean, it takes you right back to that era. There's a lot of folks that didn't have one. Um, Emma Stone got so into the faking scene in Easy A that she had an asthma attack. And didn't know that she had asthma, and that's when she was diagnosed as a person with asthma. No kidding. Easy A is one of my favorite. If you've never seen it, it's hilarious. It's a it's a teenage kind of yeah. It's kind of a teenage comedy. It's really funny. What was she faking? Well, um, she was doing a favor for a friend mm-hmm. so that people would think that he had oh, okay. hooked up. Yeah, yeah. And she worked herself into an asthma attack. Wow. Um, the Princess Bride, mm-hmm. the part that went to Carrie Elway's. Prince Prince Wesley. Yeah, they nearly gave that part to Colin Firth. Hmm. Yeah, I could. Which see I could that. totally yeah, see. Yeah. yeah, I could totally see. Um, they were filming a forty-year-old virgin, and the studio was so worried that Steve Carell came off as a serial killer <laughs> that they almost yanked the movie a week into shooting <laughs> because he had such a strange lifestyle. They came. They had yeah. a meeting. Week into it and went, you guys, this isn't working. This guy looks like a serial killer. Well, he lived alone. He was very particular about everything. The helmet, the bicycle, you know, and and obviously there was no woman in his life. That was the whole. That was the 40 year old virgin. Right. Exactly. So Love Actually, one of my very favorite movies. Yeah, that's a very good movie. Do you remember the scene um, where Hugh Grant um, dances? He's playing the prime minister of Great Britain Mm -hmm. and he dances to the song Jump, I think, by the. Is it the yeah, Pointer Sisters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't having any of that. He fought them and fought them because he said he wanted to play a believable character. He wanted the audience to find him believable as the Prime Minister of England mm-hmm. and that the Prime Minister of England would not dance to the Pointer Sisters. But the movie makers knew that women especially would find it endearing that somebody in that position would be that playful. And that's why they pushed for it. He was perfect in that part. I loved him in that part. And while we're in uh, Great Britain, let's stay there. Bridget Jones' diary. There were a lot of people that were really, really angry that an American was cast as Bridget Jones. Renee Zellweger. Right. Because it's a a British character, British author, British book. Yeah. But Renee Zellweger was so determined to pull off the British accent that the whole time they were shooting the movie, she never broke the accent. 
Not one person involved with that movie ever heard her speak in her regular American She just stayed voice. in that character. She's, yeah. Not in the character so much, but she didn't want the accent, she didn't want to yeah. risk the accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she kept it. Good for her. Um, she was great in that. That opening scene alone is worth the price of a movie admission. She was so good. Is that that was one of those things where everybody was like, "No, not an American playing Bridget Jones." Yeah. And then Renee Zellweger so was Bridget Jones. She was terrific. Yeah. That's so right. there you go. I'm yeah, sorry that you. I didn't bring you behind the scenes facts of Bob's favorite movies. Um, there's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. No, I mean, go ahead and look. Yeah. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. All right. I don't know what I think about this, but here we go. Um, it's this idea that you eat with your eyes and your imagination as much as you eat with your mouth, right? And, and so they got a group of people and they gave one half of this group of people um, the instruction that they could eat as many cookies as they wanted. And they piled mm-hmm. up the cookies in front of them. And these people, these people ate as many cookies as they felt like. Now, the other mm-hmm. group was told, you can eat as many cookies as you want, but before we start, I want you to imagine that you've had a very large lunch. And they started talking about what that might be. Like in your mm-hmm. case, it would be pasta, right? Or pizza, you know, like a big, right. large filling lunch. Right, and then right. after they all talked about these big imaginary lunches that they ate, they handed them the cookies. The people who imagined, who thought about what a giant lunch they'd had, ate one-third less cookies. So the takeaway is this. If you want to stop snacking, you have to spend a lot more time telling yourself that you've eaten more than you have and imagining like all of the food that you've crammed into your face. Sherry, I haven't I haven't listened to myself with good ideas uh, since I was a child. So the likelihood that I can talk myself out of a cookie right now at this point is very slim. I, I can see. I mean, I get that it works. They did it and they proved it. They were like people who've imagined they've eaten a big meal, eat fewer snacks. The problem is like, like, you know, you're lying to yourself. There's the bag of Oreos, and you're you know that oh, I, I had a giant lunch. I ate a whole pizza, and then I had cake. And but you know, Bob, because I know you, you know that you're lying. That you're lying. Sherry, lying anybody lies. who would believe that they uh, had a whole pizza when they did not is a person of low intelligence. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I'm just... So there you go. Give it a try. <laughs> Let us know if it works. It's yeah, Bob good and luck Sherry. to you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.